Hey, thanks for joining us here at Prime Marriage Podcast, where we put marriage first. Welcome everybody to Prime Marriage Podcast. This is episode three, and I'm Chris. I'm your host. I'm here with my wife, Brandy. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. And Can you believe we're already on episode three? I know. You know, I, we have a goal to, to hit. We do. I don't, I don't you have not discussed this I with me. I have not discussed this with you, but this is widely known in podcaster circles. Uh, the average podcast lasts for seven episodes. Seven? Before they hang up the boots. Okay. So, okay. So we're almost halfway there? Yeah. Yeah. We're shooting right. for eight. So that's, okay. uh, that's okay. what we want to do. And then we're hanging up the boots. No, no we're not really going to. I don't think. <laughs> I think we have too many ideas. We do. We have way too many ideas. Even if we're just the only ones listening. And that's very possible. I'm not no, getting some feedback. We I have, have been. And I do appreciate those of you who have been giving some feedback and saying, hey, this sounds great. Or, hey, you sound like you're in an echo chamber. We have tried to uh, do things to mitigate the echoing and... Uh, voice modulation problems, and I don't know. It's a learning curve. It is. It's one we're enjoying, though. It is. It and is. also, I mean, let's just throw this out there. If there are any ideas that others have for something that we they want to hear us talk about, throw it out there. Yeah. That's something we really encourage is any kind of listener feedback, especially questions or concerns or um, advice, things that you want to throw out there. We have... or. We're not all about business all the time. Oh, no. We like to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so even if you have a fun idea that you want to hear from us, yeah, what's your let favorite, us know. What's your favorite date idea? Yeah. I mean, we are always looking for creative date ideas and things like that. And maybe even sharing those creative ideas exactly. on here. And the best way to get that listener feedback to us is to be on our Facebook page. We have yeah. a Facebook page called Prime Marriage Podcast. Uh, so... Hop on Facebook, look for that page, and throw some comments on there. But we also now... We have a website. Have a website. Yes. yes PrimeMarriagePodcast.com. That's right. You can go there, take a look. Um, you can get directly to the feeds for the podcast itself. Uh, very soon, there's going to be maybe some other content yes. going up there. Maybe some videos. Um, maybe even some outtakes. Yeah. Uh, we just had one today that uh, might be interesting. <laughs> because as I said, we like to have fun. We do like to have fun. Or sometimes she likes to make fun of me because I go into podcaster voice. Hey, welcome to the Prime <laughs> Podcast. Stop that. You're not doing that right. If you could only see behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, babe. Yeah. You complete me. Mm-hmm. You. You complete me. So, what a great segue, even though it was out of the blue, uh, to what we're going to be talking about today, because today we are discussing marriage myths. Yes. Yeah, we definitely, as we've been coming up with some ideas, we've been um, hitting things that are things that we have been told throughout our life, or things that we have heard or society says that we want to debunk today. Yeah, there's just a lot of advice out there that are almost old wives' tales or cliches that, like any cliche, they have some truth to them, but you cannot just swallow the whole thing and say, this is sound marriage advice. Absolutely. So let's dive in. All right. 
So, and before we get going on this, I would like to shout out the Dudes in Progress podcast. Yes. Uh, we got a chance to record with them a few nights ago. Their episode with us on it is out right now. It is. So you can look for Dudes in Progress. Uh, Kurt and Joe, they were very hospitable to us. They brought us on. We really enjoyed recording with them. Yeah. And some of the information you're going to get today does touch on some of the stuff we talked about that day too. It does. We had the top 10 marriage advice. Mm -hmm. However, they hit us with some questions that we were not prepared for, but it was good. It was fun. It was fun. And one of the top 10 marriage advice is don't live your life by cliches. Yeah. Um, Don't. Don't wholeheartedly live for that. So, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, why don't you start us off? What All is right. marriage myth number one? Number one, I I hinted to it before. You complete me. That is a myth. You are one whole person. You cannot go into a relationship looking for someone who has all of the things, all of the qualities that you do not have. Now that being said. There is a lot of opposites attract that for good reason. Yes. Because your strengths do make up for my weaknesses. My strengths make up for your weaknesses. However, that's not what you go into a marriage looking for. Not at all. That is not what you're, you say, I need someone to round me out. If you're not rounded out already, if you're not a whole complete person, if you can't be happy single, you are not going to be happy married. That's exactly right. Because you are putting way too much pressure on your spouse to be The rest of you. That's right. Yeah. You absolutely have to be a whole person. Work on making you a person that you like. So that way, whenever you get married, you don't have to rely on somebody else to make you happy. You're happy already because that is piling a whole lot of responsibility on your spouse. Yeah, you really are. And I have been guilty of using the phrase, my better half. and, And I get that. I understand that. And I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with, you know, using those kind of phrases. As long as you don't buy into the whole, I need someone else to make me whole. Absolutely. Yeah. There I go with that favorite word. You will hear me say that word a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Because I have a few of those myself. All right. Let's go for number two. Number two, matching energy. Oh, my goodness. This, there is nothing that makes my skin crawl more than this, I think, right now. In society right now, uh, it is huge to match somebody's energy. If they come at you disrespectfully, you match it back at them. In relationships, yeah, that is not going to make for a happy marriage. No, matching energy is absolutely toxic. It is. In a marriage. You do not want to do that. A lot of times, you need to be the one to defuse the situation, not... And this can go in so many different areas. This is not just, I'm angry at you, so you're all of a sudden going to be angry at me. That It's not only that. Sometimes your spouse will come to you, be mad at something totally outside. And in that matching energy thing, you're all of a sudden, you're amping them up. You're adding fuel to that fire because you're getting worked up now about it when what your spouse really needed, whether they wanted it or not, because <laughs> a lot of times what you want is someone to feed into that. That's just how we are human nature, but that's not what you need. What that's you need right. is someone to diffuse the situation. Yeah. Someone to, for clearer heads to prevail, not to match energy. That's such a, I don't want to call it a millennial for because it's not. It's. I don't think it has anything to do. It's just something that someone said at one point, it sounded catchy, it caught on. And so now people live by this philosophy and it's just, it's not good. No, it's not. I know that there's been several times in our marriage that I have been upset over something 
and I've come at you hot. I've come at you and I have got my arsenal ready to go. I've worked it out. Every conversation I've worked it out and I'm like, oh yeah, well, and we're not yellers in this family. No, we no, we no, don't no. yell. We do we do talk, but we get some intense talking and I'll be like, well, you know, and I'll come at you like hot with something and you kind of sit back and you're like, well, now let's talk about it. And it's like you just took a whole bucket of water and threw it on me and completely diffused me in a good way. It's it's in a good way. You're not always happy about it when I do it. It's not fun because no. you have just dismantled my whole argument. But an argument with hotheads is not going to get you a resolution. It's not No, it's not. All. So, and I'm not the only one who has done that. You have done that as well. With me, it's usually not a anger because I'm just I'm so laid back I'm almost dead so I, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a hothead I'm not an angry person but I get frustrated and I just ground my teeth and I'm not one who usually says it but you can usually sense that and you come up and you you kind of dig into it a little bit and then kind of give me that alternate way of looking at it because that's one thing I'm a stubborn person I have my way of looking at it and this is how it is and then you come along and show me this other way and I was like but I don't want to look at it that way because if I look at it that way then I have to change how I do things and that's not good change is not good right uh, change is not oh wait no maybe that should be another myth yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know if anybody ever says that, though, really. I, I mean, know. I know. Change is usually a positive thing. It um, is. In a lot of areas. So, so let's go for number three. What's well, number three. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And like I said, these are cliches for a reason, because there is a degree of truth. Obviously, you do not want to just work to irritate your wife or your spouse in general. You know, you do not want to do it. But this whole idea of, well, as long as she's happy, the home is happy. That philosophy will last about, well, not long. Not Let's put long. it that way. Well, and once again, that kind of goes back to number one, you complete me. You are two unique individuals that have come together in matrimony. Now, if you as the man or the male are coming at this being like, I'm going to submit everything to you. Yes, happy wife, I'll give you whatever. I'll never tell you no. Yes, honey, you can go do this. Yes, you can buy this. You are suppressing yourself. And that is only creating an entitled individual. You are not balancing each other out. It is totally, you are suppressing your needs, your emotions, your wants. Now, you might have happiness, because your wife is happy, but you are not getting that in return. Well, and not only that, but I don't care what anyone says, that starts to build bitterness. That will absolutely take a toll on you after a while. Because there is no way, we as humans, we, we all have our own desires. And to completely suppress those and completely go against that for someone else every single time... That's just, it's it's going to cause issues and it's going to eventually, it's going to burst. It will. And when it does, it's going to be really, it's not going it's to be It's all going to be built up and then then the wife's going to look at you like, where is this coming from? Plus you're creating a, a real one dimensionality in your spouse. I mean, they're always getting their way. They're always doing uh, what they want to do without any resistance. So then when real life comes, because you're not the only person your spouse is going to deal with, when real life comes and their boss 
or their parents or anyone else tries to bring a different point of view, it's going to be foreign to them. They're going to, no, of course not. This is the way it always goes. It goes my way. And that's because, you know, well, my husband's good enough to do this. Why can't you? Well, that's because they're a person. And so is your husband or so is your wife. If It, it can go, it can either, go way. either way. Yeah. yeah. So th that whole happy wife, happy life. Yeah. There's a degree of truth to it. I work to please my wife. However, she works to please me as well. So I really think that that segues very nicely into the myth of marriage is a 50-50 proposition. And I think those two kind of really go together because you, it is marriage is not a 50-50 proposition. It is a 100-100. You cannot be halfway committed. And in that desire to please your spouse and in your spouse's desire to please you, that 100% commitment towards that is the only thing that's going to make it work. It is. There are times that um, one spouse might not be totally available to give 100%, but that does not mean that you are not to give that. If, if your spouse is going through something, if your spouse is maybe being stressed over a work situation or a family situation, um, I mean, there's been, there's been situations in our household where I am pulled in a thousand different directions. And at that moment, giving 100% to my marriage seems impossible. The marriage and the commitment to you kind of falls down the ladder of priorities because I have so many other things screaming at me. No. Now, does that mean that I don't love you or that I don't want to be with you. It doesn't. It just means there are other things that have taken a priority. They've pulled They've pulled on you. It, should it slip down the ladder? No, no. It shouldn't. However, we both have times of that where it does. And the spouse has to kind of, the other spouse has to kind of pick up that load a little they bit. They do. And I think we've both been pretty good about that. And like I said, a lot of this comes from life experience. We've, we've lived some life before we ever got together. And we know that life happens and yeah. a lot of the crazy stuff can happen. So, you know, there was a time when you were kind of dealing with a diagnosis. Yes. Um, of what was your exact diagnosis? It was um, follicular lymphoma. Yeah. And so there were a lot of, we, especially the week after you would take your treatment every day, you would feel awful. And there was not a whole lot of, well, let's, let's work on our marriage. Let's, let's do, it was a lot of, I'm in pain. I am dizzy all the time. I don't want to eat. Naus yeah, nauseated. I'm totally nauseated all the time. And so, you know, there was a lot of times I just kind of had to pick and I had to understand. A lot of that comes back to just being able to understand, looking at it from an outside point and saying, okay, right now she's not able to give 100% and being able to be okay with that as long as that doesn't last forever. But right. there is it's never, a season. There is never a time when it should be well, we both give 50%. That makes 100, right? No, that's not quite how that works. <laughs> not at all. No, and and sitting in the chair, not having the energy to get up because of the treatments that I was going through, you never looked at it as, I'm making dinner again. Well, your treatments are next week, so I guess I need to get prepared. And you never went in, and I think that's important, and that needs to be said, you can't give 100% and be like, look at what I'm doing. Hey, look at me over here washing the dishes. Hey, I'm giving 100%. What are you doing? You can't go into it with that kind of attitude. You're going into it giving 100% because this is your marriage and it's valuable to you. And you want to do everything that you can do to make your marriage successful. 
I think that's good marriage advice, period. There should never be a time, and guys are more guilty of this than any anybody else, obviously, but like, we loaded the dishwasher. Look at us. <laughs> you can't do that. I, hey, honey, look. Look what I did. I folded the towels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You live in the house. That's okay. It's part of your responsibility, too. It's, it's not a 50-50 proposition. It is definitely 100-100. Yeah. So let's talk about something that really, I have heard this. I've heard this in marriage conferences. I've heard this. I've read this in books. Uh, don't go to bed angry. And I believe that for maybe some people, that is a hard and fast rule. And it really works for them. It does. Because they have a tendency of letting anger drag on and build up. And the more they think about it, the madder they get. And so they just need to go ahead and diffuse it before they head to bed. Or they won't sleep. So why are we calling this a myth? This is a myth because not everybody is like that. And I can say that because I am one. Whenever there's something that has irritated me, something that's caused me frustration, something that I'm just plain mad at you about, I need a cooling off period. Because if I don't have a cooling off period, I'm going to speak out of anger. I'm going to speak things that aren't true, but maybe maybe I've had a bad day at work and all of that anger that I now feel towards you and that the frustration that I've had at work is all going to come out in words that I don't really mean that I haven't had time to think about. And so me going to bed angry is okay. Now, I'm not going to sit and stew on it and I'm going to allow time for my anger to diffuse. I'm not going to go talk to other people about it mm. to get riled up. I am going to sit on it for a bit, allow my anger to cool because then cool heads will prevail. Agreed. And I did not know this when we first got married. Obviously, there is <laughs> going to be a learning curve. There was a whenever, learning curve, yes. Whenever you get married. And so I heard that my whole life. Well, don't go to bed. It sounds like great advice. And for some, like I said, for some people it is. But I learned pretty pretty quickly that that's not how you operate. In fact, if I keep pressing you about it while you're still angry, I'm going to get non-filtered brandy. And yes. non-filtered brandy is not always kind brandy or uh, thoughtful brandy or even civil brandy. So uh, You don't have to spill all of my junk out, okay? Well, I'm just saying. That there was a time when I you know, really tried to live by this and then I figured out, you know what? That's not what she needs. She needs this cooling off period. And I hate it. I absolutely, because it's never the cold shoulder. I mean, I don't get a, I'm not talking to you at all. I, I don't get a, if I tell her I love you before she goes to bed, even when she's like mad, she always says, I love you back. I mean, this is not a cold shoulder, but it's definitely a cool shoulder. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to ignore you. Um, I'm also not going to walk around like I'm the only person in the house. I will talk, but... It will be very short because if I, if I allow it to go on, it's, it's going to end up being hot. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a smart man, but I do know (laughs) when I'm getting, when, okay, something has happened. I have done something to irritate her, but I can already tell by the way she's acting. She needs to sit and stew on this for just a little bit. Think about it. But this. Stew on it. She needs to 
get some perspective on it. Yes. And that's usually what your time is. It's getting perspective on it. It's taking a little step back, getting getting a different view of it. Because if there's one thing I've learned about you in our marriage, it's that you will look at something and you will immediately have an opinion. But then you'll say, but does that opinion really need to be spoken out loud? Because that may not be right. And so you'll look at it from several different ways and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So... Yeah, and once again, this this isn't for everybody. You this takes you knowing your spouse and knowing how they deal with conflict. Um, some people are yellers. Some people have to yell it out and then move on, and they're good. It's uh, as a teacher um, in the past, I know that like I have always said, like boys, whenever they hit adolescence, they will throw hands, and then they're good. They're bros again. Girls will talk and they'll go talk about each other and they will 20 years down the road run into you in the produce and remember that's what it is. They will hold on to that. And so knowing how your spouse handles conflict is um, key to this specific. And I have a feeling we're going to have a whole podcast episode about conflict. Yes. How to handle it, how to resolve it. Not how to. We're not here to teach you the ways of, of success in this. this We're here is to talk the way. about how we deal with conflict and with how we have um, failed. Grown through it. Grown, done a lot of failing, still do some failing when it comes yeah. to conflict. And it's mostly because of just our natures are so different. But we're not going to spoil all that. We but this kind of leads into our next one, actually. Mm-hmm. So the next myth is successful couples don't fight. Yeah. And which anybody who's been married any length of time, if you consider yourself having a good marriage, you already know that this is a myth. This is not uh, something that you're still living in a dreamland if you've been married more than two years. Yeah. I mean, because I admit, first two years can be, you can bottle up a lot of stuff to keep from fighting, and but that stuff's going to come out. So, you know, to say that successful couples don't have fights is to say that, they're the same person, that they're not two distinct. You married yourself. Yeah, they're, they're not two distinct people with different opinions, which is just absurd. Absolutely, yeah. I remember hearing um, uh, back, once again, we're going to refer back to this because this is basically what's built our marriage, but at the class that we've been at, at uh, Marriage Apps, it, there was a video we watched that talked about um, someone, a couple coming in for premarital counseling. And the man looked at them and said, well, have you had your first fight yet? And they were like, well, no, we never fight. And he said, then you're not ready for marriage. You cannot go into marriage until you know how the person fights. And we kind of looked at each other at that time because we were like, "Uh, we haven't fought yet. And I think that it was actually after we were married that we did have our first fight and it was kind of an eye-opening situation. And that moment from that class came back to me of, well, I can understand why they say you need to have your first fight before you get married. No, and I've, I've seen a lot of just content where they would say, you know, don't marry someone until you see how they react when the internet goes out. Or, you know, something similar to that. Just how, how they react towards this or how yeah. they react towards that. Because you really do want to see what they do when the chips are down. Because a lot of times you don't see that. Yeah. You know, when you're dating, you're always putting on your best front. So. Yeah, that honeymoon phase comes to an end very quickly whenever you see them and how they deal with conflict. Mm -hmm. 
So the next myth we have, and this one, <laughs> once again, this is just dreamland for, it's just silly. But if it's real love, you won't have to tell them what you're thinking or mm. what you're needing or what you're wanting. They should know that. They know me. They're going to know. They're not you, though. No, they're not. No, they aren't. And I have, I have had it modeled for me, the cold shoulder effect. And the question of, well, what did I do? You know what you did. Mm, yeah. And that was so ineffective because that person had a need that the other person didn't meet but didn't know. So how can you meet something? If it's not communicated. If it's not communicated. Yeah. Now, there there are times, and you do get to know your spouse enough well enough that you can anticipate but there are still things i mean we've been married for almost nine years now and you know me pretty well you can let me tell you folks he knows me well enough that he will buy shoes for christmas that i have never looked at never even said i liked and he nails it i think the only reason i've ever had to return them is because they didn't fit but he knows me so well he can pick out shoes without me like, you know me, you, you've listened and you anticipate, but there are still times that I have to say, this is what I need. Yeah. And there's times that maybe I need to vent. I need to tell you what's going on and you are looking at it and you're, you have basically come to a point of, are you needing me to listen or, or are you, you needing me to, me to fix it? To fix right. it. And that is you needing to listen to what I'm needing you can't read, you can't look at me and like do a diagnostic check on me and say, oh, I think she needs this or, oh, I think she wants this. It really takes communication. It does. Guys are pretty much fixers. That's what we do. A lot of times we're listening to what's the problem? How can I fix this problem? And a lot of times that's not what y'all are needing. You're, no. you're not needing us to fix the problem. You're needing us to hear you out, hear what I'm frustrated about. I'm not looking for you to fix it. This is not something that you can fix. I just need to vent and need to get it off my chest. And sometimes guys don't understand that. Once you start understanding that, then you have to, then comes the more difficult part of discerning, is this a time when you need me to fix or is this a time when you need me to listen? A lot of times just asking, but sometimes that's not appropriate either. So there is some some interesting, um, that's an interesting topography that you're studying when you're, when you're going into that. But to say it just a hard and fast rule of, well, if you love me, you should know. You should know what I'm thinking. You should know what I'm needing. You should know. That's 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 a myth. That's a myth. It's bunk. All right. Well, we're going to round this one off. Finish our list of myths. Now, this is not a complete list. No. no. There are many more. As a, as a matter of fact, if you think of myths, let us know of some myths that you have experienced in your marriage. But the last one, follow your heart. Follow your heart. And again, like every other myth on here, there's some truth about that. You should never suppress you, all your needs and all your desires, but feelings are fickle. They are. They come and go. If, if you said, I need to be able to feel like I am in love with my spouse for the rest of my days, 
you're in for a sad, <laughs> sad... I don't even like you some days. Yeah, and there's going to be days where it's like, I have made a choice to love them. Yeah. And we talked about this on the podcast we recorded with the Dudes in Progress, that uh, the fact that was our first rule of marriage is that some things are decisions. It's decisions over feelings. Uh, forgiveness is something like that. Love and is a decision like is ma- something made up in your mind. So you're not following your heart at all whenever whenever you have decisions. Just like, not that you and I can speak for this, but people who decide to work out, that is a decision. They are they have made a decision to lead a healthy life, and so they have made a decision to get up and go to the gym. And they're not going to feel like it a lot. And of times. they are not going to feel like it, which is I th- I think maybe that's where we need to maybe dive into that, <laughs> make some decisions. <laughs> but there are some decisions in in marriage that should be made. Number one, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you even if you're not being very lovable. And love is a decision. Love is not a decision. something in your heart. Now, does your heart feel that love? Yes, but is it constant? Not always. No, no, and that's. I think that's one of the big myths of this society and culture period is that, well, if you just don't feel that love, then, you know, it's gone. The, well, and the love is gone. That's and why the divorce. Yes. That's why the divorce rate is so high because people haven't made a decision on that. They follow their heart. And a lot of times their heart leads them to follow their feelings instead of following the decisions that they've made. Yeah, Following your heart will lead you to making way too many child support payments to way too many people. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just telling you. You feel like, I feel like maybe you're speaking from... Um... I'm only making one, but I, you know, <laughs> and I was married, but regardless, yes. Experience it, there, it, huh? It, uh, it, it can be a, a poor choice to constantly follow whatever you're feeling. Feelings change. Feelings change constantly. I know just, I mean, they say you're not even the same person at 35 that you were at 18, like a whole different person, which is why it's so difficult, I think, when people get married really young, because you're marrying somebody, they're not even going to be the same person in, in 15 years, but you're also growing up together, which kind of makes it Could difference. lend itself. It, it very well could. Yeah, because you did mature. You did kind of grow into the person that you became with that person, so they do kind of get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works for some people. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I think we had another good episode. Uh, I think I'm going to have to do quite a bit of editing. <laughs> we had some real bloopers going on here that you're not going to hear on this podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but follow us yeah, at our website yeah, and you, you might, might, you might get to hear them. On this, so. <laughs> anyway, we are so glad that you came and listened to us again. Uh, we really appreciate anyone who takes the time to come and, and support our content. Absolutely. And, and once again, you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Prime, the Prime, the Prime. I don't think so. I think it's just it's Prime Marriage Podcast. Prime Marriage Podcast. And you can find us on our website at primemarriagepodcast.com. You want to send us off? Absolutely. I got, and now you got me saying it. Why, what are, <laughs> what's up with the absolutely? Stop. Yeah, certainly. I will certainly send us off. We are so glad you came to Prime Marriage Podcast. Thank you for listening. And remember, your marriage can only be divisible by one.